0: How can you not be romantic about baseball? We're going a
1: high drive to left! This baby's way back! It is out of
2: here! I don't believe what I just saw! Coswell slashes one foul. Oh, that hit a bird! And it bounces back into fair territory!
1: Oh, I gotta I gotta check the rule book on this one, folks. I'm too drunk to taste this chicken.
0: Our ass is in the jackpot now!
1: You're listening to Booze and Baseball.
0: There's 50 feet of crap,
1: and then there's us. A baseball-first podcast, sort of, featuring Derek Johnson. What you just said is one of the most insanely
2: idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. And Dusty Baker. I heard that. Dynamite drop-in money That broadcast school has really paid off. So sit back and enjoy the talk around the diamonds with a cold one in hand. Today's secret
0: ingredient is. I love scotch. I love scotch. Scotch is got scotch, scotch. Here it goes down,
1: down into my belly. Mm-hmm. Welcome into another edition of Booze and Baseball. I'm Derek Johnson with Dusty Baker. This is episode number thirteen. Hopefully, lucky number thirteen. Uh, and on today's episode, we have a very special guest. We did the NL Central recap on last week's show, and we actually have a member of the NL Central. That would be one, Jared Oliva.
2: What well, one thing to really kind of look at here, Derek, uh, you look at some of the stats and the players out there and uh, kind of break down a- across the board some of the talent that's coming up right now. And uh, as you heard right there, Jared's with us as we speak uh, kind of breaking him down, first of all, and kind of bragging on him as well. Jared's a Valencia High School graduate. Uh, We went to the same high school together. Um, He went to the University of Arizona as a walk-on, but led the Wildcats, the College World Series, and the Championship Series as well. He was selected in the seventh round of the 2017 MLB draft. The Arizona Fall League All-Star on top of that. Uh, On September the 21st, that was a pretty big day for him. 2020 was a rough year for all of us, but Jared found a way to put a lot of smiles on people's faces. That's when he made his MLB debut at Pittsburgh Pirates uh, as a Pittsburgh Pirate outfielder against the Cubs. And then on September the 24th of 2020, he recorded his first MLB hit off Alec Mills. Let's not forget, Mills threw a no-hitter last year, and that was in a 7 nothing victory over the Cubs as well. More importantly, former teammate, and in spring of 2011, I have to bring this up here, he was in Derek's garage with us, along with Keston Hira, uh, of course, with the Milwaukee Brewers. That's when we were drafting a fantasy baseball team as well. Uh, and, uh, Ultimately, Jared would select Joey Votto and then trade him to me for $5. So uh, welcome, Jared, to the show. And I think you're going to have to talk to Joey in the Central about what it was like to exchange him for a solid
0: 5 bucks. Right. Hey, that's quite the, quite the intro right there. And, yeah, bringing it all the way back. I definitely remember that, uh, that baseball draft because that is the only fantasy draft I've done. And as you <laughs> could tell, I was not good at it by trading away a lot of uh, key guys. I think I had Buster Posey before he even made his big league debut, my my roster was stacked if I kept it like three years down the road. So obviously I didn't know what I was doing when it comes to a uh, fantasy wise, but, uh, but yeah, thanks for having me boys. Like I said, this is a, a long time coming. So uh, let's get it on. Yeah. And I was actually
1: looking at your fantasy team earlier and uh, the big name on here, it's Matt holiday. Um, and again, this is depleted after the Votto trade and such. He had like Aaron Hill, Adam Lind, mm. Chris Coghlan, won rookie of the year that year. And then how about the names of some of these past pitchers? Edwin Jackson, Gavin Floyd, Randy Wells, Joel Zumaya. Uh, that's kind of cool. So uh, the first well, thing we typically right. do on the show <laughs> here is we do our, our drink reviews. Um, Dusty typically has very uh, fruity drinks, I think would be the way to say it. Yeah. Dusty, what are you drinking tonight?
2: Yeah, this is not a fruity drink. And actually, this is the third time uh, I've had a different type of whiskey uh, kind of weird before the show we were talking with Jared and this is not a name brand whiskey. My brother actually got it for me for Christmas. Uh, He works in the wineries up in the Seattle area. Uh, And so this is Woodenville's bourbon whiskey and just somehow, some way Jared has the exact same one, which is mind boggling because this is not a Jack Daniels, but um, after having it, man, I mean, it's kind of dry. It's got an oaky taste to it. I would say it's dignified. It's got a blend, but, if I was going to compare it to a player, I'd have to say it's like a Trevor story, you know, consistent hmm. out there uh, puts on top numbers. You know, this is underrated and uh, honestly love it too. It's it's pretty solid. That must be a
1: hell of a drink. If it's a Trevor story, it's pretty good, man. I'm drinking <laughs> kind of a variation of that. It's it's not as good stuff, but uh, just a whiskey Coke classic. The reason this cup is orange, it's it's one of those cups that like changes color when it gets cold and stuff. Um, so I'm not drinking like orange soda. Uh, but uh whiskey coke what is your guys opinion what is the best whiskey for whiskey coke because you don't want to do something that's too good you want to save that for sipping my opinion is jack daniels i don't think you can go wrong with crown either okay
0: you can't go wrong jack and coke um but lately i feel like evan williams is kind of making a push on the uh, the whiskey front a little bit different um i'm not a huge whiskey connoisseur with it I'll, i'll dabble with it here and there um but honestly, I'll probably stick with the Evan Williams on that one. I mean, but like I said, you can't, you can't deny a good Jack and Coke every now and then, you know.
2: Uh, on top of that, uh, with that Woodenville whiskey you got there, what are you drinking tonight, Jared?
0: Oh, yeah. So, I, I went pretty pretty standard. We just got some Blue Moons right here. Pretty much a favorite go-to for myself. Haven't had it in a little while, so I figured I'd pop one open with a few boys and uh, save the rest for, for Super Bowl Sunday, have a few more then. So, one can't
2: hurt. We're, we're happy to have you on, man. First, before we ask you any serious questions, uh, obviously this is one of those shows where, you know, we're going to drink and it, what's better than talking baseball with a drink in hand. So cheers to you, Jared. Welcome to the show, my friends. And hey, uh, congratulations as
1: well. All right. So first question for you, Jared, I mentioned the fantasy baseball stuff. Uh, what's going to be kind of more weird Looking forward that you'll be able to be like drafted in a fantasy baseball league, or that like MLB the show they announced is coming out in a couple months, uh, or that you'll be able to be played with in MLB the show. Which of those is kind of weirder to think
0: about? Yeah, honestly, it didn't really cross my mind because I wasn't a big, still not a really big video game guy. Um, but this past year, they uploaded. I think they uploaded all like the minor leaguers or something for each team. Um, so I started having friends send me you know pictures and videos of me in the video game and i was kind of like oh man like this is kind of happening like this is kind of it right now and then I, I had a funny case with uh my college roommate cameron ming he uh he was like down you know bottom nine or something looked on his bench he was doing an exhibition saw me on the bench and he's like dude i had to pinch hit for you and he videotaped <laughs> the at bat and like i hit a home run or something he was just going nuts you know kind of thing um So it's just kind of like funny, funny kind of stuff like that with people just sending in just like, hey, you know, look, I I found you kind of thing. Um, Kind of surreal, but, you know, very, very cool at the same time. Obviously, it took a
2: long time and a lot of adversity for you to get to where you're at today. Uh, I got to throw it back to obviously the the high school days you had a legendary teammate by the way that's you know right across from you virtually right now um but you know you're at the MLB level now and we could spend this entire show talking about that adversity that you had to battle through from all levels but ultimately I guess going from the high school level to what would end up being U of A what kind of drive allowed you to get through that adversity um and reach the U of A
0: yeah yeah yeah. very very good point um and for all listeners out there, kind of had a different, you know, story than most people, you know, in terms of I didn't really start, you know, play much in high school at all. Um, you know, that, that's a whole nother story we we could open up with. Um, but yeah, I mean, always, always knew I, you know, loved the game of baseball. Um, my dad played pro ball, uncle played pro ball, you know, I had brothers, um, athletic family, mom, you know, always driving us around, like. So I I, I knew you know, I wanted to to be a baseball player, but you know early on, you know when you hit when you hit that high school level, you see friends you know commit to colleges and really start, um, you know getting their the next part of their life kind of like figured out. Um, and it's difficult when you know you don't know where you're gonna play, you know, the next year. Um, but it was just one of those man, I love the game. I was I was psychotic in terms of researching colleges, like where I wanted to go, who needed outfielders. Like you name the school, I probably sent an email, but honestly, like I don't blame them for not responding back. I mean, cause I had zero pretty much zero high school stats, you know? And, um, I guess kind of passed the eye test, maybe like I had some tools, you know, nowhere near was that the same player. Um, you know, got good grades, you know, worked hard. Um, but I just knew like my story was going to be different. Um, so I guess going back to your question, that drive was always like, hey, like, I know I could do this. Um, I know I wanted to play, you know, Division One baseball or just college baseball in general and obviously, you know, play, play in the major leagues, play pro ball like dad did. Um, but obviously it's, it's a little different when you're going through it and you're seeing, you know, your friends move on, friends do this. Um, you know, people you know are committing, they know where they're going to be. And it's like, man, like, I'm not sure what, what this is going to look like for me necessarily. And uh, yeah, thankfully on a little bit of luck, a little bit of a right place, right time. And uh, thank coach Sean Cole for giving me the opportunity to walk on. And um, like I said, that'll be a whole nother story of how that all unfolded, but I uh, got the opportunity, man, and just kind of just ran with it. And um, lucky to be surrounded by a great group of people, coaches that, you know, put me under their wing and, Gave me the opportunity. Like I said, I just didn't, uh, didn't look back. So.
1: I mean, what was the biggest, I guess, difference
0: uh, from going to
1: high school to college and I guess when did things kind of start to click for you?
0: You know, I, I was young graduating like high school, I was still 17. So like initially going to college and stuff, it was like the physicality. Cause I mean, you're dealing with like men now. And you know, I remember like just getting my, excuse my language, ass kicked in the weight room. <laughs> jim crumpos in arizona and like i mean that, that was a big part of who i am as a player because i got physically like ready um cause I, I was like a year or two behind everybody you know like game wise you know physicality wise i was a late bloomer um but really like things started to click baseball wise you know, i kind of got my like ten thousand hours and um honestly like i pointed to the world series um I was kind of I was playing majority of the time in the outfield. I hit some rough patches like in the season, you know, wasn't wasn't starting and then um it was really before um we took off in like the regional super regionals. We started like you know toying with a couple things and a lot of it was due to like my vision honestly at the plate. Um come to learn I'm right-eye dominant, which if I'm a right-handed hitter, I really got to like turn my head around. Um so basically I was kind of like moving my head and like I wouldn't see the ball right that's kind of like the best way to put it um and there's some more adjustments too but that was kind of the big takeoff point for me I guess because um, when we got to Omaha and you know what a place to kind of get hot I guess um you know we we got to play against Coastal and you know come come back close and you know win it all and wouldn't trade it for for anything in the world man that, that thing was Uh, everything it's it's meant to be but as a as a player really just kind of like things clicked a little bit and I knew I was athletic had a good arm could throw um, and things just kind of like clicked you know overall but the vision part was definitely the the biggest from the hitting the hitting side.
2: You you look at obviously your time in high school your time in college but I I don't think any player at the MLB level will ever forget their first game their debut. Uh, What was that moment like Jared when everybody knew and heard your name being called and you know you look at the box score and there's jared oliva right there what was that moment like
0: yeah so I, well i'll rewind it just to like that day i like how the call went because um still i mean as with anything 2020 like nothing was really the same as you know kind of expected or whatnot um so we we finished at like our alternate site location um probably like two or three days beforehand. And they told us like, Hey, you'll either, um, you'll go home, like you're done. You'll go to Florida for instructional league, or you'll, you know, go to Pittsburgh, you know, and like be ready basically. Um, so I got the news I was going to Pittsburgh. So it's kind of like, okay, cool. Um, I don't say I expected it, but I was like, Hey, I want to be, be ready. Cause I mean, we've been working this whole time to, you know, contribute to the team. So I'm like, Hey, like, cool. You know, it's kind of like part of the plan. Um, so they're like, Hey, you'll be down there for the last, the last week. Um, like you you guys will just kind of like get your work in before the big league team gets there. Um, you know, you hit throw workout. Um, but we kind of can't have you guys like around um, the team when they come in, just like with the COVID protocols, which totally makes sense. Um, so we got, we got down there in Pittsburgh and we're staying in a hotel across the street and um, first two days go by and, getting our work in hitting the cage you know workout throw then you know by two three o'clock like we're done for the day and go to the hotel watch the game you know on tv and wake up doing it again the next day um so the 21st came along took a nice little stroll across the bridge in the morning got some breakfast like i mean just went through the normal day um and you know we got there early got through a full workout like same thing hit you know went on the field through through some bases um then we're doing some like live at bats on the field so honestly go through five or six at bats on the field and you know um face Jameson on, you know my last you know at bat um finish up and honestly man like hit the showers and you know getting ready to just kind of like go to the hotel watch the game grab a bite to eat um and one of our one of our guys kind of like Kind of like tweaked his back a little bit or you know kind of got hurt you know during uh during the live at bats um I mean I didn't think too much of it he was a roommate of mine so I was like hey man like get healthy like get in the training room just like get ready for you know this last week um so honestly I- I'm heading out I'm in my street clothes I'm walking down the tunnel and our head trainer just kind of goes hey like I'd uh I'll stick around I'd stay close and I'm like come on man like I'm going to grab a bite to eat in the cafeteria. Like, they feed us really, really good food. Um, now I'm going to the hotel, which is 30 yards away. I'm like, I'm not going too far. Um, and also get, get in the, the cafeteria and eating and just kind of hanging out with some teammates and nutritionists and chefs and stuff. And um, all of a sudden our nutritionist just kind of, like, calls me over and goes, hey, like, you got to go uh, meet with Shelty, um, Derek Shelton. In his office and I was like okay like I kind of I kind of knew at that point I was like this is a uh, this is happening I guess and then walked in there and um yeah he just kind of like told me or he was asking me like hey you know what were my biggest takeaways you know from Altoona like you know what what improves in spring training and just kind of like going back and forth that you know outfield priority um where i like to play that kind of thing and he goes you're like hey are you ready to be a big leaguer? I was like, well, damn right, you know, and he goes, okay. Like, you know, you'll be, you'll be active tonight. And, you know, got up shook his hand and um, put some hand sanitizer on right after. Um, but uh, yeah. And that was at like three thirty, four o'clock for like a seven o'clock game. So like, I mean, obviously like right after that, I was like, Whoa, like, this is kind of the call that every kid's been like waiting for, for years. And I'm like, like it just happened like okay cool you know pinch myself whatever uh, um called my dad you know mom girlfriend agent you know kind of went down the list you know made um phone started just buzzing going off and i'm like hey this is like this is happening um but like the team's already in their like routine coming off the field dp um and did like i my clothes are still in the washer like i mean like i'm in my street clothes still like my jersey's not even like made yet and I'm just like, oh my gosh, needless to say, like my locker is not in the locker room. It's in the hallway, just so they kind of had us like separated. Um, so like all my my friends and teammates I came with from Altoona, um, they all like left. So I'm literally staying in this hallway alone with my little makeshift locker. And just like, yeah, I'm about to like debut or, you know, I'm active tonight kind of thing. Don't know if I'm going to play, but like, you know, I'm trying to get ready, like don't have my clothes. So that was kind of like a a funny point, but I mean, got my jersey, you know, put it on and it was just like, Hey, like let's get ready to contribute, you know, help the team win and um, ended up, ended up pinch hitting there in the ninth. And, you know, it was kind of like, I mean, definitely different without fans. I'm sure um, that's what kind of all the guys were telling me, um, but Hey, felt ready. I mean, it was just kind of like, Hey, we've been prepping for this all year, you know, whole life. So it was like, just just the game, man. I mean, once you uh, slow things down a little bit, I mean, it's, it's baseball. Um, guys are a little bit more refined and really talented, obviously. But the game's the same. Still 90 feet, you know, still 6 feet 6 inches. And, you know, just under a little bit bigger stadium, bigger lights. Um, I mean, it was a really, really, really cool uh, opportunity, obviously. So I, I still got to pinch myself a little bit, you know, that it all happened.
1: Yeah, it's got to suck, though, that you weren't able to have, like, your family and stuff there with no fans.
0: My parents, they ended up flying out with my brother, um, like, the next, the next day they flew out. So, let's see, 21, 22. So, they, they had to watch the game from, like, a sports bar or something across the street. But the day of the 24th, which I got my first hit, was, like, friends and family day at the ballpark. So they got to – everyone got to sit in their own suite at the stadium and obviously be, like, socially distanced. So they got to see my first hit, which worked out just the way it should have. So they didn't see my debut, but they got to see my first hit, and that's how I always envisioned it. So That's awesome. So did you get to – I mean, obviously you couldn't
1: really go out or anything afterwards with COVID, but, like, Mm -hmm. did you get to do anything celebratory afterwards, get an ice cream from downstairs in the lobby?
0: (laughs) honestly like it was still so surreal just kind like, of like ended the game went back to the hotel and honestly I went over to uh one of my one of my teammates who um he debuted earlier in the year as well um went over to his hotel room and honestly I was like hey man can I like pop a beer with you you know <laughs> just kind of like celebrate just because it was so I don't know everything was just so like sudden yeah, it's a little different If like maybe get a call the night before or like earlier in the day and all this buildup. But it was like, man, I, I was done for the day. I had my work and I was just like, Hey, like you're coming over, you know, you're uh, you're active. And then it's just like, you know, so many emotions kind of go through so many people like, thank. Um, so honestly I was just kind of with him and it was just like, we're just sitting around and give a little cheers kind of thing. And um, that both of us debuted and, after that, I was just kind of like, all right, like, I got tomorrow. I like, found out I was starting tomorrow. So it's like, hey, get in the regular routine. So, yeah, definitely a little different. Can't, like, celebrate or anything. But, I mean, we had, we had a beer, so uh, that, was, that was my version of it.
2: You're obviously running for a chance to be a starting center fielder or outfielder in general for the Pirates this upcoming year. What are your ultimate goals for this upcoming season? And kind of where do you see yourself right now as you're about to go into spring
0: training? Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Um, you know, it was, it was awesome to get a little taste, you know, last year and kind of get my feet wet and debut, which I feel like really gave me a good idea of what I needed to work on going into the spring training, you know, for this year. Um, but just to be completely honest, I mean, I feel like I've kind of improved, you know, all facets of my game a little bit, whether it's just kind of learning and understanding more what I'm doing. Um, seeing it firsthand at that level just gives you a little better idea. Um, but to be I, I'm just looking, looking forward to getting out there and competing as simple as it sounds. I mean, just to get out there with all the guys, just to be on like an actual field again. Um, that's really all I'm looking forward to. Like, I, I got my routine and everything kind of down packed things I want to work on. But once we're out there, man, I mean, this is kind of like same attitude I've always had, you know, going through, you know, high school, going through, you know, college into pro ball. Um, it's just try to compete out there and the more the more I can compete and help the guy next to me, then um I, I think we'll all be doing, you know, some some good things. Um so yeah, no no real, you know, set things. I mean, I wanna be versatile, I wanna play like all three spots, you know, and you know, where the team kind of needs me. Um but yeah, right now we're we're just looking at getting out there and competing and being around the guys and you know, I think that's uh competition brings out the best in people. So All right, we're joined by Jared Oliva here on Booze and Baseball, Dusty Baker, Derek
1: Johnson, and now it's that time of the night. I don't have a beer can on me, but get your key, get your beer ready, time to shotgun. These are rapid-fire questions. First up, Mm. favorite city, and obviously me and Dusty won't be able to answer this one, but that you've played in across
0: your time in the minor leagues. Ooh. um, Okay, excluding home stadiums because we've gotten pretty lucky with our, our home ones. Uh. I thought Erie, in between Erie and Hartford. Jared, obviously being in Pittsburgh,
2: new city for you. um, What is the best thing for you to do in Pittsburgh? I know COVID obviously kind of changes the game a little bit.
0: That it does. That it does. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to exploring, you know, more more via the places out there. Got to go to Primanti Brothers, like the original location, probably, and get a sandwich. I'm going to walk to Clementi Bridge and – Next, I guess, would be see a Steelers game. I mean, there's definitely some more more things to check off there. Um, but I, I've heard a lot of good things about the city and how how cool it is from a lot of the guys. So it'll be uh, it'll be fun. Hopefully, getting to explore it maybe a little bit this year, depending on what the what the protocols are. But you know, we might have to keep our distance for another year. Who knows. I, I love Pittsburgh.
1: I, I went out there once. Um, yeah. Permani brothers. That's one of those things. Like I just randomly crave at different times. Got to yeah. love the, the yingling beer. Um, mm. They have like a little Polish town. I'm, I'm 50% Polish. So we went there, got some good Polish food. That was cool. And yeah, I just like how, you know, they're, they're super into sports in the community as a whole. I just always have thought it's cool that they have like the same colors for all the major uh, sporting teams out there, too. I I love Pittsburgh, so uh, I think it's cool you're coming up with the Pirates.
0: Yeah, Penn's game, too, I guess would be another one to check off. But, yeah, no, it's definitely all the all the teams, same colors. And just, a, I don't know, when you're there, there's a certain amount of, like, like grittiness, toughness you kind of feel from the city. But, like, sports fans, it's a cool – I mean, I, I know we didn't have any fans in the stands, um, but even when you're just going through the city and, you know, it seems to be a common theme – you know you talked to a lot of the older guys just how the the fan base is, and it's a cool it's a cool thing to be a part of There's a lot of history involved in the city, so who do you think on the team could stomach the most beers in one city that's a that's a tough one i'm hmm, I don't know if I can give you an answer on that I don't know <laughs> if I can. we'll we'll give it a season we'll
2: give it a season yeah. for that to happen. I was about to say, uh, I,
0: I, I, I need to hang around some of the guys more and more so that, that gives me you know. A little better idea, I guess. But right now I'm fresh. I don't know any anybody hardly. So, well, we'll we'll give you a season, and then we'll
2: ask you again next off season. But Jared, uh, obviously during this quarantine, uh, I'm imagining there was quite a bit of Netflix, quite a bit of Hulu. Uh, what would you, on a normal evening during COVID nineteen, uh, be doing by sitting watching some show? What what show would you be watching, and what would you be drinking while watching it?
0: Ooh, man. See, I was just talking about this with my girlfriend, and like I was blanking out because I was asked the same question. Um, but the Great British Baking Show has been. <laughs> but we always seem to go back to the the cooking shows. Man, nailed it! I don't know if you guys ever watched Nailed It. That's my a good wife's, one like, Favorite could, like, show. It's it, that, that that's funny. That's funny. That, that's she, a show you could buy. Drink, you know, while you're watching, and get an extra kick out of it. She um, wants me to get on the show so bad, and I would oh, I geez. would just
1: absolutely embarrass myself. <laughs>
2: Jared, we got to also kind of take a look at uh, one other trending show right now. Uh, If you look at my Twitter uh, on a certain Monday night, it it changes a little bit. Um, So we just have to get your honest opinion because this has become a trend every week now. What is your true
0: take on The Bachelor? Okay, so I've seen, I think, three or like two and a half episodes because we didn't catch the full thing. Um, I'm still not into it. I can't remember any of the girls' names i probably is the guy's name matt
2: it is matt it is matt Again, you're so already halfway say, there you man you're already I, halfway I there his, his name
0: but um they are filming it a couple hours outside of pittsburgh true that's a beautiful yeah, I, area I just take notice of. um i'm not super into it but i'm not against it so i'm kind of like on the on the fence a little bit because the girlfriend's gonna watch and i'm gonna watch it with her you know i'll enjoy you know you know having her you know the, her company but um by myself watching it, probably probably not. Monday night, keep an eye for the Dusty Baker tweets on
2: The Bachelor. It's the only time that it's not. Uh,
1: a- <laughs> I don't know why this turned a into a plug boy. for your opinions on The Bachelor. Um, uh, keston Hira, your former Valencia teammate, do you have a, a jersey swap planned for this next
0: season when you guys meet up? Oh, man, but that, that's not a bad idea. So, DJ, thanks for, uh, thanks for giving me the, the insight on that. But, uh, no, I remember he texted me, um, and obviously being in the NL Central, uh play against each other a lot. Um, but it's going to be cool, man. It's going to be cool. Kind of surreal because you don't see too many, uh, I guess, high school teammates. Um, you know, I think Joe Musgrove and Stephen Brault for us were teammates, I think, or they went to the same school. Anyways, um, but it's definitely kind of surreal looking back and um, – yeah, that's probably a good idea. I might need to get me a Kessman Hera jersey for uh, putting the man cave down the road. So that's on you right there, DJ. I appreciate that. And Jared, I guess
2: kind of going off the idea of high school teammates, uh, we got to go back to uh, our sophomore year. Uh, you had a pitcher on the hill, probably stood five foot four for all we know. Uh, and I think he threw a, <laughs> a Mariano Rivera slider, cutter, if you want to call it that. Um, his name was Dusty Baker, and he's not obviously the manager, He's he's right here with you. You remember that cutter, and uh, I guess now, how far would you hit Dusty Baker's cutter? How, how far is that thing going? Is that going into the Allegheny?
0: Oh, man. So, I mean, well, you said you were five foot four back then. I think I was right behind you at like 5'5, five, five, maybe 5'6. Five, um, man, I, I'm pretty sure you got me out quite a few times on that cutter thing right there. So, I don't know. I think I might get some flashbacks and might just freeze in the box and take, you know, strike three again. So, who knows? <laughs>
1: We're going to isolate this clip to just having you say, how far could you hit it off Dusty Baker? And then whenever he plays against the Astros, we can, we can tweet it out and go oh. viral. <laughs> <laughs> uh, last one we got for you. Most important question of all. What's uh,
0: your walk-up song going to be in 2021? Great question. Normally I've stuck to Post Malone the last few years. Um, so he's either got to come out with a new album, because um, I feel like I can't do the same song twice. So I did San Tropez, um, my first at bat, and then I had On the Road after that. Um, so I might, I don't know, I might have to go through some of his, his old ones, some of his stony, you know, deluxe album or Beerbong's Bentleys again and see what, see what we could find. Definitely can't, can't repeat the same song. I and mean, there's songs I love, but I feel like walk up songs like it's a one year and done kind of thing. Some guys are different. Some guys will let it ride, but I don't know. I feel like you just got to change it up year to year. So post Malone, be on the lookout for it. If not, I'll uh, I'll keep you up to date. We're, we're going to hold you to that,
2: Jared. Uh, I'm expecting post, and if not, I'm going to say that this was an invalid uh interview. So yeah. we'll, we'll be waiting for that. <laughs> Jared, it's a pleasure to have you, my friend. Uh, Thank you again for joining us. We've been fortunate enough to have members of the Padres and the Brewers and uh, the Royals as well within their organizations or uh, people that cover them. But you are our first Major League Baseball player to join our podcast and uh, truly a pleasure, not only a player, but a friend as well. And, uh, man, we wish you the best of luck. Uh, We're looking forward to talking to you next year uh, after you break the stolen base record. So very much looking forward to that.
0: Hey, absolutely, guys. Yeah, honored to be, I guess, your first MLB guy. So that's, uh, that's pretty cool right there. But, yeah, like I said, long time coming. Uh, glad we got to, I guess, reunite. I know it's over Zoom, so maybe one day we'll have to get in person, you know, one of these times and uh, really chat it up then. But, yeah, like I said, good. Uh, always good talking to you guys.
2: Cheers to that, my friend. Cheers to
1: that.
0: Thanks, Jared. Absolutely. So thanks again, Jared Oliva, for joining us,
1: Pittsburgh Pirates outfielder. I feel like it's going to be a race between me and you for who drafts him first in our uh, fantasy baseball draft. We might have a little bias there. Uh, but really appreciate Jared coming on, and it's just a really cool story. You heard him mention his dad was uh, a professional baseball player kind of in the Red Sox organization. His uncle Steve was in the Braves organization for four years just an incredible story of a guy working really hard to kind of get where he's at today.
2: Yeah. And uh, you know, one thing that I uh, remember about Jared as a teammate, um, he was somebody that really took the game seriously every single day, but man, he was a phenomenal teammate. Truly. Um, I'm not just saying that, you know, you could say that about a lot of people. He was a great teammate, um, brought people up, He knew how to play the game. Uh, Even when he wasn't given his opportunity, he he really, and it makes me emotional. I I mean, it really does make me emotional because he deserves this. He completely deserves this. Uh, I know there's stories about him out there where he wrote everything down in a black book when he was a freshman at U of A of, you know, kind of writing about his experiences and how he could grow over time. Uh, What we remember Jared as, of course, is not only a teammate, he grew up a Blue Jays fan. We didn't even get to talk about that. How He grew up a Carlos Delgado and, uh, Vernon Wells fan and uh, we did touch on obviously that he traded me Joey Votto for five bucks I, I hope I hope that he has a discussion with Joey uh, this upcoming year because man that would be really awesome to hear about that and by the way Jared is also a phenomenal spike ball player uh, he obviously is way taller and bigger and stronger than I am but man that kid had some absolute reach when we played spike ball so just an awesome human
1: being overall and very happy for him Wait, you're telling me that an elite athlete is good at, at another sport? I don't believe you. Um, but no, in all seriousness, you will be hearing from the league office in fantasy baseball this year. Jared can't be punished. He's not in the league anymore. But you will be serving a harsh punishment um, in retrospect for that $5 buy of Joey Votto. So I hope you're ready for that. I might've
2: compromised the league just slightly as the uh, former commissioner at that time. That that's the youth of me as a commissioner. I, I also want to point out one other thing. Um, some key dates for Jared, just to keep an eye on here. So Thursday, April the 1st. And of course, this is all according to if the schedule remains, which uh, we'll get to in a little bit that the MLB rejected a 154 uh, game season plan. But Thursday, April the 1st is opening day for the pirates at the Cubs. Uh, then on Thursday, April the 8th, they have their home opener, also against the Cubs. Then Friday, April the 16th, uh, as Derek was kind of mentioning earlier on, obviously Keston Hira, another high school teammate. Well, that'll be the first time Jared and Keston go head-to-head, and that'll be at the Brewers. And then Monday, August 16th, how about this, uh, playing at the Dodgers? That'll be his first time playing in his hometown. Uh, I'm pretty excited for that, and maybe we'll even fly out to see that game. And uh, unfortunately for Jared, this year the Pirates don't face those Blue Jays in the regular season, only spring training. But uh, we know eventually Jared will be facing the team that he grew up watching and rooting for. So very much rooting for him uh, and excited to see what this future has for him and uh, what's in store for him in 2021.
1: All right, let's get on to some cold, hard news. First up, no players were elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame. I think Kurt Schilling was the closest. He was off by 16 votes, and that was a whole story on its own between Kurt um, Schilling being left off and that not as much being about the baseball stuff as some of the, not even off the field, but post-retirement stuff with Kurt Schilling.
2: And it's unfortunate kind of the circumstance that he's in firmly for me, I believe as a reporter and a journalist, you have the opportunity to have a say in, you know, the future of the hall of fame. And I think it's kind of absurd that uh, there were 14 ballots that were not even filled out. Uh, That that's really sad to me. And Kurt Schilling is somebody I do believe should be in the hall of fame. And, And what's worse about this is he's requesting to be off the ballot this upcoming year. So there's a lot of drama revolving around this baseball hall of fame election and, something's got to be done because much like the game of baseball, I, I think a lot of people are stuck in their ways to a degree uh, to where they can't really look towards the future. And uh,
1: this is something that needs to be addressed because this is a real problem in the game. Agreed. Um, this shouldn't be about if you have an MLB hall of fame boat, it shouldn't be about your personal vendetta. And I get it. Like there are certain things Kurt Schilling has done post retirement that, you know, like I saw he, I don't know, there was like a Facebook post that he was like, love this where it was some guy wearing a shirt that said like lynch the media or something. And yeah, that's not great. But at the end of the day, like it's not your job to judge him as a person. Your job here is to judge him as a player. Is he good enough to make the baseball hall of fame or not? You know, the two people that are going to judge me in life is an actual judge. If I ever do something illegal or God outside of that, like, I'm sorry, a random baseball writer who has a hall of fame vote, like, That's not up to you. This is, again, for the Baseball Hall of Fame. So, yeah, I I think it's a little ridiculous. And more importantly, the thing you said about the 14 people who just left everybody off their Hall of Fame vote. Like, come on. Come on. It's
2: really upsetting. And honestly, you couldn't have phrased it any better. Let's not judge people. I know that character is obviously an important thing. But – uh, let's be honest. Uh, some of these writers also, I think have a bit of an arrogance on their side as well, but you mentioned, you know, judging the player and judging the value of them. There's a player out there that is elite at the third base position. Uh, and he's been elite for the past eight years for the Colorado Rockies. And that's Nolan Arenado. And uh, in what many would consider to be a very frustrating move for Colorado fans and what many would consider to be a gift for St. Louis fans. Aaron is headed to the St. Louis Cardinals for exchange of five different players, uh, including Gomber on the, as a left-handed pitcher, but the rest are four prospects that are middle of the road, Derek.
1: Yeah. I, I'm more surprised at the fact that another team didn't like beat this offer. I get it. Like you're accepting a lot of financial capital from the Rockies in this trade by taking on that big contract with Arenado. But if that's all you had to give up, I mean, you're not going to get a better player than that as a free agent. So go out and get him. I, I don't know why other teams didn't offer up more to get this deal done, but for the Cardinals, love the trade. I do have some questions if if he can be like vintage Arenado, you know, going from Coors Field. There's like a 150-point difference in his OPS between what he did at Coors Field versus on the road. Now, if you're still getting that, you know, road version of Nolan Arenado, it was still nearly like an 800 OPS. He's still an elite defender, like, it's it's still a really good player but it might just not be superstar but either way uh we said last week mentioned it real briefly that he got traded to them and they're kind of the favorite i think in both of our eyes in the nl central and that really only supplanted it
2: no kidding yeah i think the cardinals took a huge step in that right direction and uh, maybe a trade that's not quite as notable derek but uh i guess Yes, you could possibly have an opinion about Alex Cobb, who was at one point a pretty solid pitcher for the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, He has been traded
1: to the Angels from the Orioles. I mean, he had a nice bounce back this past year uh, with the Orioles. Goes from being a guy who, I think he got hurt in 2019. uh, And then in 2020, he ends up with uh, 4-3 ERA, which is, you know, about above a quality start or so. So, I think this kind of makes sense for, based on what we've seen the Angels doing so far. There's there's kind of talk that they might be utilizing a six-man pitching rotation, and if that's the case, as we said in the NL or the AL West recap, excuse me, they didn't have a ton of starting pitching depth to begin with. So without really that front line starter for them, if they're going to steer into that six-man pitching staff, which I'm not sure that's the best way to do things they better go get some other options for pitching depth. And and that's what this seems like to be.
2: Well, before we go down the free agent moves, I think there was a pretty big move uh, in the front office and that's for the San Diego Padres. Believe it or not. I mean, it seems like we're literally talking about them every show, every week and nonstop. And how about this? AJ Preller is now extended through 2026. And I I don't think this is really shocking considering the fact that he has been by far the most active uh, amongst you know, league leaders and and anything in this off season just seems to pertain to the San Diego Padres.
1: He's done a great job there. I remember when he first came in and remember he made those like, I mean, they weren't like as big of a move as signing Manny Machado, but they were like splashy moves. Um, So it was, I think he took over around like 2015 or something. And there's actually like a term for it. They called the, I guess timing, the situation of it, Preller Palooza, because he made a bunch of like moves. He traded Yasmani Grandal to the Dodgers to get Matt Kemp. He was in the three way trade that got them Will Myers. He traded prospects to the Braves for Justin Upton, which at the time that seemed like a really big move. He signed James Shields to the four year contract, which then he later traded Shields away for Fernando Tatis. And that'll go down as one of the craziest trades of all time at this point. And then he also traded for Craig Kimbrell from the Braves in that Preller Palooza offseason. So uh, they didn't really improve much as a team, but he immediately came in and I think this was really smart. He knew that deep down it was going to be a long-term kind of rebuild for them. And they were going to have to make more long-term uh, moves. But he knew he could at least excite the city of San Diego. And, I mean, even a couple years ago when they weren't very good, they were still, like, top five, top ten in attendance in the MLB. And I think he's a big reason why because he kind of helped reinvigorate, re-excite that fan base.
2: No kidding. And and you talk about free agent moves. Uh, We kind of had quite a few go on this past week. I think as you see spring training start to quickly come about us. And, granted, I have to throw this out there, everything is up – I guess uncertain is the best way to put it. Um, because I know Maricopa is having some issues with COVID 19, and obviously that means the Cactus League is going to be significantly influenced by this. Um, that includes those Padres we were talking about with AJ, led by AJ Preller. But uh, it's going to be tough to see what happens here in the next two weeks when players like Jared Oliver are supposed to report. And I mean, who knows if that's actually the time they're supposed to. And as Derek kind of mentioned there, that you know, we, We have talked about the Hall of Fame. We talked about these trades with Arenado. And um, the one big thing is this season is set to start on time right now. Uh, 154-game regular season was actually revoked by the MLBPA. And uh, so seeing where these free agent moves are happening, I think it's happening in a quick burst at this moment. Uh, Derek, take us through some of those free agent moves.
1: First up, Blue Jays continue their offseason spending spree. Marcus Simeon, one year, $18 million. I guess he might play some second base for them. Uh, I, I think this will be It's just another piece to a really good lineup. What do you think?
2: I could see him play third base for them. I think uh, when I looked at the website last, and oftentimes these MLB.com websites are pretty accurate. They had Vlad Guerrero Jr. before this signing already slotted at first base. So in my head, that means the Blue Jays knew in this offseason they needed to sign somebody that could play third base for them. Uh, Could Lourdes Gurriel Jr. possibly play that? I know that he's been kind of a super utility for them. Maybe so, and then Semyon goes to second base. But – Either way, they now have some versatility. And on top of obviously having Semyon, with that addition of George Springer, this lineup looks absolutely scary for any team, not only in the AL East, but across all of baseball.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at uh fan graphs right now for their, their projected lineup and like Lourdes Gurriel's hitting seventh, which that's just insane. Um, To begin with, but yeah, it has uh, Marcus Simi listed at second base. You have Bo Bichette at shortstop, uh, Kevin Biggio at third, Vladdy at first. That's a really good infield, especially hitting the baseball. Uh, The Twins made three additions. Andrelton Simmons, one year, $10.5 million. Nelson Cruz, one year, $13 million. And today, Alex Colomay, or at least today when we're recording this, $6.25 million for him. Sounds like they're going to do kind of a closer by committee thing. We had some questions for the Twins Uh, because they hadn't made certain moves and were losing some players. Did these moves solve it enough for you to make you think that they could win the division in 2021?
2: Well, you have to assume now Jorge Polanco is shifting to second base. So they get a a little bit of an improvement there offensively uh, with Marwin Gonzalez, obviously dropping off. And I I don't know if these moves are going to really do much for me Uh, losing Eddie Rosario. I think that's kind of a huge bat that they're going to be upset that, you know, they didn't bring back. Um, I'm not particularly high on the Twins this upcoming year. I think that they'll be okay, and maybe we'll have a chance for a wild card spot. But I, these moves don't really speak to me. Obviously, Nelson Cruz is the one that sticks out. May is a solid reliever, and he probably will end up being, you know, like you mentioned, there's there's going to be what looks like a closer by committee, but I could see him ending up being their guy uh, just because of the struggles that they kind of had at the back end last year with Taylor Rogers. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, I, I'm not a huge fan of these moves, but. I mean, with Andrelton Simmons, you're getting better defensively, so you just never know. All
1: right, two quick ones that I don't really have a lot to say about. Tigers signing Wilson Ramos to a one-year $2 million deal and Orioles signing Freddie Galvis to a one-year $1.5 million deal. Uh, The next one, San Francisco Giants. Longest contract given out – I guess uh, (laughs) technically a three-year deal was – given with a third-year player option uh, last offseason. But this is a three-year deal for Tommy LaStella for the Giants. Money hasn't totally been determined. I, I think I saw it's going to be somewhere around like $20 million or something like that. So kind of around in line with like what Kike Hernandez and pro Profar got, which seems about right to me. Uh, LaStella's a guy who – contact hitter he did have kind of a power uptick like most hitters did with the juiced baseballs in 2019 um (laughs) he's not like a plus defender but he's not going to be a problem out there either you can kind of move him around i'm excited for the giants to get him um i think he'll fit in nicely with our roster and i I saw some incredible stats um on tommy listell like he had a, a strikeout rate that was like the best in the mlb uh he had you know, like double the amount of walks to strikeouts, which I think that was like the best in the MLB. He's a guy that makes contract at a very high rate, which at this point in the MLB is kind of rare.
2: Yeah, I'm excited for your Giants. Uh, I think this is a very Farhan Zaidi move. Um, He's bringing in a good piece. And uh, Listella is a little bit older than people realize. He's going into his age 32 season. But, I mean, at the end of the day, if you're wanting production from a guy that can hit you around 275, 274 is his career average. Uh, that's pretty good. Um, he doesn't slug a whole heck of a lot, but sometimes that's not necessarily all you need. You need a guy that can get on base. That's what this guy will do for you. Career average just under uh, 350 on base percentage. So I think the Giants got a pretty underrated piece here and i um, interested to see how this works out for them. But ultimately, I mean, he's not that far removed from that 2019 all-star appearance. So I'm interested to see how that works out. He seems like a good fit for a team like the giants.
1: How about this one? The Cubs basically replaced losing Kyle Schwarber with what ended up being a cheaper version, essentially, if Kyle Schwarber with Jock Peterson, they got him for one year, $7 million. Uh, The nationals had to give Schwarber into double digits uh, over one year. Do you think this will work out better for the Cubs than what they had with Schwarber?
2: You know, when you look at the regular season, it's going to be probably about the same as what you saw from Kyle Schwarber. I don't see much of a comparison there. Uh, With Jock going on a one-year deal, he's obviously out to prove that he can – you know, get those regular 500-plus at-bats, kind of like why Kike Hernandez signed with the Red Sox. Uh, the one thing is, I don't know if we're going to be expecting the Cubs to be in the postseason, but if magically they found a way into the postseason, well, this is a pretty good piece to have because Jock Peterson has some pretty significant moments in the postseason, and that's when he's the most clutch. jock is a real thing.
1: <laughs> uh, and then we got a couple of signees of guys who, maybe a little bit surprisingly, were – Uh, Not picked up by their team, whether it was just not picking up an option or uh, non tendering them in the arbitration deadline. The Brewers got Colton Wong on a two year deal for $18 million and Cleveland actually spent some money. They went out and got Eddie Rosario on a one year $8 million deal. Uh, Do you have thoughts on either of these pickups?
2: The funniest thing about that Indians move. And first of all, I love Eddie Rosario. I respect him. I respect his bad. Uh, one of my friends that happens to be an Indians fan said, well, that's half of our payroll practically. And he's not totally wrong. It's more like a third of it, but it's pretty close. Uh, yeah. Indians- wait, real quick,
1: real quick. Could you name, okay. Cause Jose Ramirez is first at about $10 million. Rosario is second at 8 million uh, now for Cleveland on the payroll. Can you name their third highest paid player?
2: I'm gonna have to go and say Cesar Hernandez.
1: Uh he's fourth with five million dollars. It doesn't look like it's updated the uh uh post arbitration numbers on the site I'm looking at, but it is Roberto Perez with five and a half million dollars.
2: Of course it is. Of course it is. <laughs> Unbelievable. You know, this,
1: this site has them at about $36 million currently on payroll, but that's pre-new arbitration numbers, I believe. Uh, and then uh, kind of a handful of, of signees of guys who maybe could make a little bit of an impact or maybe bounce back candidates. Diamondback signed Joaquin Soria, who was solid last year. Ray's got Chris Archer. He's coming back to the team after – He got them all those great players in that trade. One year, $6.5 million. Maybe they can fix him up. Reds signed Sean Doolittle at one year, $1.5 million. He had a rough year. Maybe they can fix him up. And then the Mets got Aaron Loop for one year, $3 million.
2: Uh, Out of that group that you listed right there, Aaron Loop is somebody I think is incredibly underrated. Got to see him in the World Series. And a good lefty arm in the Mets. That bullpen continues to get better as their front office continues to have problems with the stock market. (laughs)
1: <laughs> the whole GameStop stock situation, which, by the way, that's a tongue twister. And then the last ones, uh, staying in the NL East, the Philadelphia Phillies, they got JT Real Muto, five years, $115 million. Didi Gregorius also coming back, two years, $28 million for Didi. They also got Didi Gregorius back, two years, $28 million.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, where's Philadelphia? They're right back where they were last year. Uh, I don't think they're going to get much worse. I don't see them getting much better. Uh, they could drop in the standings because of the fact that, well, the Braves got better and the Mets got way better. So uh, Philadelphia is just kind of hovering right around where they, maybe a 500 team. Um, So not particularly thrilled with what they've done this off season, but at least they've gotten the two pieces that I think at least could make them viable to compete
1: in that division. Well, that's going to do it for today's show. Thank you to Jared Oliva again for coming on and uh, good luck to him this season with the Pittsburgh pirates. Thank you to you, Dusty. Um, And by the way, maybe we can actually get with man cave merch who always holds all our awesome drinks with their awesome coasters, baseball cards. Maybe we can hook Jared up and get like a, would that be weird? Would that be weird for Jared? If he had a man cave merch coaster that had a baseball card of himself in it.
2: Oh, you know, actually this you're not the first one to think of that. I was thinking about the same thing and uh, had a discussion with our man for man cave merchant. So that, that's a real possibility. Jared, if you've made it to this point in the podcast, <laughs> you might be getting a, a little gift from uh, booze and baseball for being the very first ever member major league baseball player to go on the booze and baseball podcast.
1: Yeah. And for a second, I was like, wait a minute, we can't give him free stuff. And then I was like, wait, he's not in college anymore. We don't have to worry about the silly <laughs> NCAA. So Hey,
2: we got the NCAA college football video game coming out, so that's something to, to look forward to as well. But, yes, we, we can give Jared gifts now, and uh, he gave us the gift of having his presence here on the show. We look forward to having him once again uh, after, as I mentioned, he breaks the stolen base record here in 2021.
1: Awesome. Love it. Well, don't forget to subscribe to us. Give us a five-star review. We're on iTunes. We're on Google Podcasts, Podbean, Amazon Audible, pretty much anywhere you can find a podcast. We're also on social media, Twitter, Instagram. You know the deal. Booze and Baseball. Email us, boozeandbaseball at gmail.com. Thanks to Mixkit, Stock Music. Drink responsibly. Have a good one. Thank you to Jared Alva. For Dusty Baker, I'm Derek Johnson. Adios.